Thank you for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email to amen at imtheexchange.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at imtheexchange.com. Doing this will help us to bless others and bring messages to you each week. Today's message is from our lead pastor, Pastor Jared Brooks. Also from our executive pastor, Pastor Kevin Kelts. Please take a moment and prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So today we're going to start a brand new series. We're going to start talking about something over the next few weeks. We're going to ask this question, what our praise looks like. You know, how do you answer that question? To praise or not to praise? Okay, that's the question. When do we praise? How do we praise? Where do we praise? What does our praise supposed to look like? What is it supposed to uh, sound like? So if you have your Bibles, turn with me for a moment. And, uh, and we're going to, I'm excited to be here this morning because I haven't got to preach in a few weeks. And so I've just kind of had this buzzing uh, in my spirit. And Pastor Kevin's been stealing all the thunder and and been preaching all the time, and I haven't had that opportunity. So I'm really excited to be preaching this morning. Say amen. amen. I appreciate y'all's help. That makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, but turn in your Bible to Psalms chapter 102. We're going to start with verse 18. Now, listen, I believe here at the exchange, we believe, I hope you believe this, that God's word, the word of God is alive. Okay? And it's relevant and it's present in our lives if we'll apply the things that Jesus taught us and the things that were shown to us and some of the guidance that was given. And so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a second. And I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Father, I am ready for everything you have for me. Amen. Oh, yeah. And P.S. Thank you for the Astros win last night. Amen. 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 Listen, <laughs> are there any Yankee fans in here? I should have asked that question first. I apologize because this is not to make anybody feel uncomfortable. So I do apologize um, if, if I made you feel uncomfortable. But that walk off last night probably made you feel uncomfortable. But and just <laughs> so, see, I'll stop. Stop. I got to preach. So Psalms 102, verse number 18, it says this. This will be written for the what? For the generation. Everybody say generation. generation. The generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Now notice the first part of this scripture says generation. Generate one more time. Right? Say generation. Generation. A generation. A generation to come. It says a generation to come. There's a class of people, a race of people, a group of people that the psalmist is telling us about that is yet to be created. When he writes this, he says, yet to be created that will praise the Lord. Okay? Now, if you had your Bible, you can flip over. Otherwise, we'll show it up here on the screens on the Sky Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 17. He writes this, therefore... If anyone is in Christ, everybody say in Christ. in Christ. Now that is the key right here in this passage. If anyone is in Christ, now who's in Christ this morning? Come on, that's you. All of you, say it. Come on, that's me. Okay. He is or she is a new creation. One, one passage, one translation says a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Man, that's exciting. That's exciting that all the old things are gone and done away with because those of us that are in Christ, we are a new creation. You see, the old covenant back in Moses' days, it carried the presence of God, okay? The presence of God was housed in the Ark of the Covenant. Y'all remember that? Okay, it's in the Old Testament, and that's where the presence of God is. So they would set up the Old Testament, or the Ark of the Covenant. People would go there to be in the presence of God. Listen, it ain't that way anymore. Come on. Come on. It is not that way anymore. You know where the presence of God now resides? Not in the Ark of the Covenant. 
right there and you and you and you and you right here. The presence of God now because what has been established in the new covenant and what Jesus has inaugurated for us, the Holy Spirit, the power and the presence of God dwells inside of me. You are the habitation of the presence of God. You and I, we're the new creatures. We're the new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You and I are now the temple of God. We are now the presence of God manifested. The Holy Spirit dwells. He inhabits. His habitation has been made inside of us. See, isn't that awesome that you don't have to wait for this long journey to another city, to a place where the presence of God resides? You just wake up. You just wake up. Psalm chapter 102, verse 18. I'm going to read it again. It says, this will be written for the generation to come. It's not here yet. We're writing this for the future generation that will come. A people that has yet to be created that will, everybody say will. Will. Will praise the Lord. Okay, they will praise the Lord. So who do you think that generation is talking about? Yeah, absolutely. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says this. Peter writes, but you are a chosen generation. Everybody say generation. generation. There's that word again, generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his very own special people that, listen, okay, are you with me so far? So when he says you are, he's talking about you, me, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He says so clearly, so plainly that there is a generation that is to come in the future and that generation is going to praise him and they're going to praise him. They're going to declare his name. They're going to proclaim his name because he called us out of darkness into his glorious light. Psalms 102 says it again. This was written for a generation to come, a generation that has yet to be created. He's talking about a race of people, a group of people that was about to be birthed. And you know what they're called? The church, the ecclesia, the gathering, the assembly, this group right here. That was the generation that had yet to be created. Now, if you didn't know that, I'm here to tell you this morning that you are that generation that the psalmist is talking about that was not created but has now been created. You are that generation and your job and my job as created beings of the Most High is to proclaim and to declare the praises of the one who took us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, man. It's not the Astros got me pumped up. It's it's Jesus, but I am thinking about the Astros, too. I'm I'm so thankful. Listen, you're a part of that generation. But here's the thing I think that we miss out as a church is we know, a lot of us know we're a part of that generation, but we think that it stops and starts here in the church. Building. Okay, we get to the church building and you guys, I don't mean to point any fingers, but church in general, we get in here and we're like, who finally I'm here. I needed this. I need to get to church today. Trust me. It's been one of those. And we come to church and then all of a sudden we turn our praise on. Right. We turn the praise on. We worship. That was not the way it's intended to be. You were intended to worship all the time, all the time. Not just on Sundays or whatever other days you may go to church. It was supposed to be a 24-7, 365 kind of a deal that you were created. The worship was never. Now listen, when you study King David's tabernacle, you'll understand this, that the worship never stopped. 
The worship never ceased. It went on and on and on and on and on. And that is the way the exchange is supposed to be this morning. Our worship is not supposed to stop when we dismiss service and you go get in your car. Your life is to live, uh, uh, be a living, breathing example of praise, declaring and proclaiming in everything that we do the most high. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This verse reminds us that we're, to call, we're called to praise God all the time in everything. Notice it says, in everything, not for everything. Listen, there's going to be times you're not going to praise God for everything, but we are to praise God. In, when, when things aren't lining up, when things aren't going the way we wanted it to go, when it seems like all hell is breaking loose in our family, in our marriage, in our house, all that stuff, that is the in in everything we can give thanks to God. It's trying to teach us that, that there's a time when we're not going to feel like praising. We're not going to feel like worshiping not everything is going to line up but what i'm called to do what i'm called to be is i'm called to be a generation it says this will be written for the generation to come that people yet to be created may may praise the lord see the psalmist wrote this and he says there's a generation that's coming a race of people that's coming and jesus established that listen jesus was called the second Adam, or in some scenarios, the last Adam, okay? There was Adam. Adam was the first Adam, and with him was a whole generation, a race of people. But when Jesus came, Jesus established a brand new group of people, a brand new race of people, a brand new existence of people that had yet to be created. When Jesus came, he established something brand new, and it was called the church. They used to call it the way. Jesus referred to it as the ecclesia, the assembly, his gathering of people, of believers. You and I, we were a part of that generation. When Jesus came to planet earth, he established that. And you're a part of that generation. You were created to worship. Amen? So, now we see that we've been created to worship. So, the question is, what? does that look like what is our praise supposed to look like what can I do to manifest the purpose in my creation you see God has shown us in his word what praise should actually look like amen hey hey I gotta I gotta chime in here pastor listen 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 you can't have all the fun I got some fire shut up in my bones when it comes to talking about some worship. So can I tag in right here? Can I tag in? Is that okay, church? Can I tag in? Listen, because I'm excited when it comes to worship. Who else is excited about being a part of this generation of worshipers? I am. And, and today we're going to talk about these seven Hebrew words that you find in Scripture. I know some of you are thinking, what just happened? I've never seen this happen before. I thought Pastor Kevin's fixing to have a fight with Pastor Jared. I thought they were cool. We are cool. We're just doing something called tag team preaching today. And we're talking about praise, and we're both excited about this. But before we go any further in talking about these seven Hebrew words for praise, you need to understand this. Before you can be a worshiper and before you can exhibit that worship that uh, to your heavenly Father, you need to have an attitude of worship. It has to come from a heart of worship. You see, when, when you go in, in relationship, and that's where worship has to come from, when, when you start to, in relationship, say I'm in relationship with my wife or I'm in relationship with my kids, when I tell them I love you, it means something completely different than coming from a stranger off the street. Y'all understand that? Y'all get that? Why? It's because I'm in relationship with them, right? It's because there's something that has to do with this word called love. Everybody say love. The Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, and we'll put it up on the, the screen for you. And he said this, though I speak with the tongues of men. So he says, though I say lots of stuff. There's lots of things coming out of my mouth or words, actions coming out of my life. He says, and even... Though I speak of tongues of angels, he says, 
but have not love. Everybody say love. I have become nothing but a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Think about that. So, so if, if I'm doing things or I'm saying things, but there's no relationship, there's no love in it, then, then all it is is just a gong. You're just, you're just doing lots of stuff that's just making lots of noise. If, if there's no root of love behind your actions, behind your worship, Jesus says, I want you to worship your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's what we're created and we're called to do. But guys, if it doesn't come from a place of love and relationship, listen, it's just basically aerobics, right? It's just basically you just doing a lot of stuff to be busy. Now, now, now watch this, this video and, and you'll see kind of what I'm talking about. And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Am I here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. I want to, I need to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you wanna go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you gotta join right in, okay? Start slow. We got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm gonna walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking. Start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle, get warmed up, get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready, carry the TV. Carry the TV, that's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen, big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big, my fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there, that's fine, don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, Grace. Next one's hold my baby, hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. We got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. <laughs> Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. <laughs> and when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. <laughs> so like I said, if your worship doesn't come from a place of love, if it doesn't come from a place of relationship, like when you're here at the exchange and the, and the music is going and, and you start doing, you know, you start washing the window, you know, you start doing the, the go post, heartburn, go post, it's just aerobics, right? It's just for show. It doesn't really mean anything. It's no more than just expressions that, that don't matter. They don't make, sense. It make any sense. You see, expressions without heart connections is just religion. Think about that. Expressions without a heart connection, it's just religion. It's just you going through religious things that you've been taught in, and that's not what the exchange is. That's not the heart of this church. We don't want religion. We want relationship. We want connection. I mean, think about this. You, you could somehow, some way, run into a police officer today, and that police officer could, could look at you and, 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 and see you in some way to think that you're doing something wrong, and he could pull out his weapon and tell you 
put your hands up. And what would you do immediately? Put your hands up, right? Why would you do that? Because of relationship and love? No, because of law. Because of law, because you were told to, right? You put your hands up because of law. And listen, I I, I have to think that many of us at times, we've been to a church and, and that's why we lifted our hands. That's why we went about the religious activities that we did was because we were told to or because of law or because of religious ritual. And that's not the heart. Before we get into these seven words for praise, you got to understand the heart of worship and why we do what we do. I've Listen, I've been to a church service before where the person that was leading the service, whether it be a worship leader or a pastor, said, everybody stand up and everybody raise their hands. And I stood up and raised my hands, not because I had a heart connection or I, 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 I sensed the presence of God and it, it just naturally came out of me. I just didn't want to look like the only stupid person that wasn't doing it at that time or I was just following orders and doing it out of orders then that's not what we want to do at all see what I'm saying is we here at the exchange want you to grow in your relationship with God we want you to grow in a greater revelation of who he is and how you see him naturally in your in this relationship and you connect to him on a new level and you see a different aspect of him as father and you see him as a different aspect of him as as provider and and healer all of these different things naturally things are going to start to happen inside of you and we want to create an environment where you are allowed to do those things, where, where you are not only allowed, but you're encouraged. You have a safe place here at the exchange to do that because in relationship, as you feel his love, it will actually start to draw your hands up. You'll feel that wanting to happen. In relationship, naturally, you'll start to feel what I call this your it's your DNA, it's your divine nature attributes. It's what God had already put in you before you even ever realized that there was a God. And it starts to stir up on the inside of you during worship. It's the divine nature within you. It will start to cry to God out of worship, and all you will do is then you'll just go along with it. So. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So. Uh-oh. So as we start breaking up these seven words of praise, now you got to understand this. Now, when we talk about the seven words of Hebrew praise, all throughout, especially when you read the Old Testament, you see, especially in Psalms, you see praise, 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 and we just read the same word praise all the time, and it means the same thing to all of us. It's just praise, praise, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, all you people, shout unto God, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But that's not what the writers meant for us to see or read when we see the word praise, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So the first Hebrew word praise that we're going to go over here today is the word halal. Everybody say halal. halal. Now what Christianese word do you hear in church that sounds kind of like halal? Come on, bigger than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's kind of what it means right there too. So if you look at the Hebrew word halal, it literally means this. Overwhelming excitement to celebrate, to rave, to be clamorously foolish. Clamorously foolish. So what does clamor mean? It means loud. It means loudly. It means intense. Woo! Intense excitement. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't think you get what I'm saying. Okay, so let me take you back. Let me take you back now. We're going to go back Uh-oh. a few days ago. Uh-oh. It was game two. Uh-oh. <sighs> Uh-oh. It was the 11th inning. Hallelujah. Hey. Hey. And the game had been tied up. <laughs> but then comes a man. I'm just going to show you what it looked like. Game two, the 11th inning, looked like this. Corey Blazer. Here's a fly ball into right. Back at the wall. This game is over. Hello. 
That's Halal. He's not Halalin. He's not Halalin. He's Halalin. He's Halalin. Look at the crowd of people in the background. What? Oh, shooky. and they weren't screaming the whole time. They're just sitting there in the stands, most of them. And Correa's up to bat, and they're going, come on, come on, come on, Correa, come on. Some of them are hollering at the pitcher, you know, they're whatever. But when he hit the ball, they went crazy. But maybe that's too long. Y'all don't remember that. That was a week ago. But do you remember last night? It looked something like this. That's how we felt. You see all those people? He wasn't allowing. That's allowed. Look at him. Overwhelming excitement. To be clamorously foolish. Ain't nobody at Men and Maid right now care how they looking. All these grown men jumping like little kids. Like my six-year-old 6U team. what you call Halal. Oh, look at him. And the video clip ends right here. That's not Halal. That's what a lot of us look like when we come into church on Sunday morning. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. That was free. I just made that up. But listen, what I'm saying is, is all the introverts in that stadium, all the extrovert, all, you know, it wasn't just a bunch of, there were a lot of shy people in that There were a lot of people in that stadium that have a hard time being loud or getting their voice heard or being, you know. And let me tell you something. In that moment, Nothing held them back. They had something to be overwhelmingly excited about. So there is a word used in our Bibles. It's a Hebrew word for praise, and it's halal. And when that word is shown, that is what he's talking about. That's what the psalmist is writing about, overwhelmingly excited, clamorously, foolish, The definition of halal also says this, to shine or to give light. So I'm going to give you my definition. Our definition, obviously, we just laid it out for you. It's to go crazy for God. See, we come into the church, and I think sometimes we forget what he's done. I mean, we know we come to church, and that's why people all the time, they're like, yeah, I need to go to church to get right or whatever. This is not a behavior modification zone. Okay, You don't come to church to try to fix yourself or whatever. That's not the point. This right here, this is just where you gather together with other believers. We just celebrate what he's already done in you, what he's already done before you, even when you don't know what he's already done for you because he's already done it. And we come to church, we gather in this building, Because you are the temple. We gather in this building and we celebrate that. What he's done. And when you get together with other people and you celebrate that, it should look something like that. (laughs) 
Halal is probably the most popular. It is the most popular word for praise. It's probably God's favorite word for praise. It's translated in the Old Testament more than 160 times. So when we read the word praise 160 plus times, it's really translated halal. And let me show you some examples of what that actually looks like. Psalms 113 verse 1 through 3. It says, halal the Lord. Praise the Lord. Halal the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord from this day forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun, from the very beginning of the day, from the very start of your morning to its going down in the evening when you're done with the day, the name of the Lord is to be halaled. Wow. From the rising of the sun to the going down, the name of the Lord should be praised with overwhelming excitement of what God has done. And not necessarily for everything, but as we saw in Thessalonians a while ago, in everything. So what does praise mean in that verse? Are you getting this? What halal means? It means to be clamorously foolish, to be overly excited, to be joy. And this is what, what we think about when we were reminded of King David when he danced before the Ark of the Covenant. You remember that story? See, what's awesome is the Ark of the Covenant was being carried, and, and they didn't do it right, and it ended up getting stuck at a, at a guy's house. Okay? It got stuck at this guy's house. And they left it there, and they went back to the city, and they left it there for a long time. And what happened is this guy's flock starts being blessed. His crops are blessed. His family's blessed. Everything in this guy's life is blessed. And David saw that. And David said, I want that. That's supposed to be what's happening in our nation and in our city. So David went, and they brought back the Ark of the Covenant the right way back to Jerusalem. And as they did, David was recognizing what was happening. They were bringing the presence of God back into the city for the first time and thinking about that. Got him so excited that he danced like never before. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of the Lord. But what preceded the presence of the Lord was the people dancing and praising God. David dancing and ushering in through being clamorously foolish. The presence of God was ushered in by the people of God allowing. Oh, I got to jump in. I got to jump in on that. Because y'all know I like to dance. And that's a part of this word. Psalms 149 verse 3. Let them halal his name with the dance. With the dance. That's right, white people, with the dance. And it looks a little different for us. A part of halaling is actually dancing. And I don't know what dancing means to you, what it looks like for you. For most of us white people, it does just kind of look like jumping. That's about what we can do, right? But it could be just swaying. It could be spinning a little bit. There's, there's something that just starts to happen on the inside of you. When And, and listen, it, it's, we're not saying from now on. The law of this church says when the music starts, you better start spinning or, we are, or we're just not having church. Because when I was a kid, that's how it was. If it, didn't, if it didn't look like that, we didn't have church. We didn't have it. You know, God didn't show up. I'm saying, what we're saying is this. In relationship, at some point, even you can worship even when we're we're delivering the word of the Lord in the sermon, and you see God in a way you've never seen it before, and you just shout, or you just throw your hand up in that moment, that's the halal. That's allowing it to come out of you, and that's a good thing. Amen? So we're talking about, we're talking about dancing here. There's a place for dancing and praising the Lord. You might say, well, I was raised in a certain type of church, and this is all very new to me. Well, you were raised like my wife then. I, w- I wasn't. I, listen, I was raised in a holy roller church. They called us holy rollers, and we, we gave them that definition. I literally saw 
women rolling under the pews of our church. And, and, and I, listen, you would think that it would always have been very easy for me. Lisa, Lisa's coming up. <laughs> you think it would be easy for me to be uh, somebody that lifts my hands or dances for the Lord. It actually did the opposite for me. I, I, was, I had so much pride because my grandmother would always come up to me and like, today is your day to dance. And I was like, mm-mm, you, no, 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 you're not, I'm not, I'm not getting on the floor. And, I'm, and, and listen, we really don't want people rolling on the floor, but I guess if that's what you're going to do. But anyway, I, it wasn't easy for me, but for real, for my wife, she was that type of person that was like, you know what, it, it's, it was hard for me because my church was always just, it was, that was something that was suppressed. We were always supposed to taught to be reverent at all time, and, and lifting your hands in church was just, you know, we don't do that. That's not something that we ever do. Lifting your hands for, for worship was not something that you could ever do in, in, in the service, and so what, what I'm saying is, um, today, if you feel like that in any part of the service, if you feel like you need to get overwhelmingly excited for God, you feel like you need to get a little loud for God, then it's okay that God loves that. And another thing that I do want to say, too, is this. Um, if, if you don't, God is, is, is not this being in the sky that looks like Zeus or whatever you think that's that's his feelings are hurt among the world. I guess they're not going to, you know, worship me today. Well, mm, 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 mm. That's not how it is, right? Or they're not going to worship me. Well, I'm going to bring down the thunder on them. God is not moody. He, he's not like that. God is love all the time. God is wanting to have relationship with you. If you don't have relationship with him, he's not moody. He doesn't get mad at you for that at all, ever. We understand that, right? He's just always constantly love, 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 love. Listen, I understand that we all have different types of thinking patterns, that we have different in, things ingrained into our minds through religious teachings, but the scripture here teaches that when you are overwhelmingly excited for God, it's okay to dance. It's okay to get loud with intense praise. It's okay that we should halal his name sometimes with the dance, that we should get a little jig from time to time, right? that the church should not be a morgue. It shouldn't be a place that looks like it's dead or dead bodies are kept. The last time I checked, we're not dead. Come on, the last time I checked, Jesus is alive. Come on, somebody. He's alive and he's well and his name is worthy to be praised with overwhelming excitement. The psalmist said in uh, Psalms 149.3, let them halal his name with a dance. Come on, let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the heart. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He takes pleasure in his people who what? Who, who allow him, who, who praise him with the dance, who praise him with the harp and with the timbrel. You see, the Lord takes pleasure in his people praising him and, with, and, and people that do that in a way that's clamorously foolish and loud and intense. So today, I encourage you at some time in the future during your worship with God, whether it be at home privately, whether it be here publicly, close your eyes and just get clamorously foolish foolish for God because the Lord takes pleasure in that. Amen. Lisa gave me a false start while ago, but I was, listen, that's exactly what it is. I'm going to give you a couple more examples of Lao before we move on. So in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 4, it says, and he appointed some Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to commemorate, to thank and to halal the Lord God of Israel, to halal, to praise. Now, this was in David's tabernacle, okay? This is what David established. This is what David appointed. Now, before David, it was Moses, and it was Moses' tabernacle. It was Moses' tent, and what Moses established. And what Moses established was reverence, and it was honor. And listen, I'm telling you this. Make sure that you're clear. We're going to go through all seven Seven words here, and, and they all mean different things. But there is a place in this house for reverence. 
there is a place in this house for honor and for silence. I mean, there, that, that works. But there's also a place for halal. And we don't expect everybody to halal the same. Okay? Now, at that game, some people were jumping crazy. But you see Craig Biggio? I was his, he was excited. He was overwhelmingly. So I don't expect his halal to look like your halal and my halal to look like. It, it, everybody has their own. We're just asking you to take a step and go, you know what? I'm going to let what's on the inside start to show on the outside. Because this is how I feel. So in Moses' tabernacle, it's all reverence and silence. David comes up. David sets up his tabernacle, and God begins to speak to David and deal with David. David says, you know what? The game is changing. From here on out, the game is changing, and we are going to allow the presence of God in this place. And so the rules begin to change, and it was amazing. Psalms 22:22 writes, says this. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. Everybody say assembly. In the midst of the assembly, I will allow you. In the midst, I'm telling you that here at the exchange, there is a, a purpose when we come together. There is a time in every service as you come together with other believers that that halal praise should begin to rise up inside of your spirit, man. Amen? There, I mean, there are times I'll be sitting on the drums if it's my time to play the drums. And, and I'm, not, I'm not a dancer like Kevin. I got more jiggle. And so I don't like all, you know, I feel like, woo, this, I feel like it's um, not uh, conducive to the environment. Uh, but but my, my praise looks different, and, and we'll be playing the drums, and I'll just let a, woo, and then I'll see everybody on the stage go. Sorry, that was me. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't help it. I mean, we just said that line, and I believe that line that we just sang. I'm declaring that line that I'm not the same, and I'm declaring that line that he paid a price for me, and I'm not the same, and I love it. I love the promise. I, woo! And it just comes out, and I'm like, whoops. Listen, don't whoops that. That's part of our worship. That's halal worship. I declare. And so when we gather together in this assembly, we declare, we halal, we act clamorously, foolish at times. And we're just saying, hey, it's okay to get out of your comfort zone. I'm telling you, there's going to be a time in your worship when you just got to let the Josh Reddick, woo, go. Right? You just got to let it come out. Why? Because sometimes when we're singing those lyrics... I hope that you look at the songs that we sing. When we put the lyrics up here, those lyrics are training wheels. That's all they are, okay? And what I mean by that is we put lyrics up there so that you can join in with us and we can all begin to sing together. But they're really training wheels because the real praise and worship comes from in here. And as you begin to sing those songs, you, you may be looking up there singing a song and it says, I will declare your name to my brethren, to my friends, to my brothers in Christ in the midst of the assembly. And something just begins to stir up inside of you. And then you just begin to sing a new song to the Lord. Because that's another word. We'll get to that later. But your praise just begins to get bigger and bigger. You see, the reason that we halal praise and clamorously foolish praise, and it's the reason it's so pleasing to God is because you and I have been given something called a free will. You don't have to praise if you don't want to praise. If you want to keep your hands in your pocket and you want to just stand there and you want to keep your arms, that's okay. That's the free will that you've been given. And you have the right to do that. And like Pastor Kevin said, God's not mad at you. If that's the way you worship, God's not mad at you. I had somebody tell me a few years ago, he said, man, I was watching you and Pastor Kevin. And he said, y'all were standing up front and y'all were jumping and lifting your hands. And he said, I was standing there patting the back of the seat and I was reading the lyrics. And he said, all of a sudden I felt something inside of me that made me want to run up there and do that with y'all. And I was like, dude, you shouldn't. Even. Nope, that's not me. <laughs> nope. But that's that halal inside your spirit, man. And the reason that it starts to come out is because you start to recognize that you're not worthy 
But God made you worthy. You don't feel worthy, but God says you're more than worthy. You don't feel valuable, but God says you are so valuable. And all of a sudden, you start thinking about your family. And you might have had some family issues. There might have been trials and tribulations inside your family. But you start thinking of everything God's done for you. And in response to his goodness, that manifestation may be just you lifting your hands going, God, I thank you. I thank you. Sometimes just lifting your hands going, I praise you, God. Sometimes just a woo is all we can say when we start thinking about the goodness and the greatness of God. Sometimes we'll never have a breakthrough until we break out of our box. Maybe that's what some of our problems are is we can't ever break through because we're afraid to break out. We want to stand like this, and we're afraid of what people might say and people might look like. Listen, nobody in those videos of those two walk-off home runs gave a rat, whatever you want to call it, on what they looked like to anyone else. They didn't. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. The men on the team were jumping like little kids because there was something inside. When I think about Jesus... And when I think about what he has done for me, what he established for me, what, what the, the New Testament tells us, what priests had been trying to do for generations. They had been trying for generations to redeem sins of people. It says that Jesus came and with one sacrifice did it all. Whoo! Man, if that doesn't get you excited, I mean, if that doesn't just get you excited, I don't know what will. Jesus, with one sacrifice, one sacrifice established it all. Psalm 35, 18 says, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will allow you among many people. Psalms 107, 32, let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and allow him and the company of the elders. You can see that the scripture emphasizes that there is a time and place there to have a high level of excitement, to praise God in the congregation of the saints. And let me tell you something. Church is a great time to begin to express praise to God because let me tell you this. Halal is contagious. Okay? Halal is so contagious. You will catch it. I hope you catch it. When somebody next to you, they start feeling that and they start getting excited, there's something that just makes you excited. That joy begins to rise up in your spirit. And listen, the enemy does not want you to allow. And who am I talking about here? That's nine times out of ten, your flesh, your mind. You start to battle that out within yourself. Man, you start, you feel this excitement coming up, this passion Come up inside of you, and you just want to shout, and then you go. Can't. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to look funny. I'm gonna, that's, that's your enemy. That's your mind. That's your flesh. Paul tells us that our spirit and our flesh are always at odds. They're always contrary. They never agree on anything. And the spirit side of you is saying, man, come on. I, I am connecting. I am connecting with the Holy Spirit. I want to shout. And the flesh side of you is going, yeah, and it's not the place. And you're a little overweight. For sure don't jump. Okay? For sure don't do that. Listen. <laughs> because excitement and expectancy always go hand in hand. Okay? expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. What you've got to understand is there's a time to shine and there's a time to boast of God's goodness even before the answer comes to your prayer. Amen? There has to be an expectancy. Everything just doesn't have to line up. There doesn't have to be breakthrough before. Listen, think about the Israelites. When God delivered them from Egypt, the word tells us that they didn't even know who God was. They didn't have a relationship with God. They didn't pray to God. There wasn't like this heart connection. They didn't even know who God was. And God delivers them out of the hands of Egypt. They didn't believe his word. They didn't sing his hymns. But once they got victory, we find out that they begin to sing. They begin to praise. But as a consequence, they soon forgot. Psalm 106, is, he says it like this. He saved them from the hand of him who hated him. 
and redeem them from the hand of the enemy. That's pretty awesome right there, right? And then it says, the waters covered their enemies. Not one of them left. Just wiped out, wiped off the face of the planet. Then they believed. Of course, you would believe too, right? Okay, he delivers you. He destroys your enemy. I mean, he puts the water on, just takes everybody out. And it says, then they believed. And they sang praises. Soon they forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. But they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, and they tested God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but he sent a leanness into their soul. Listen, God heard their cry. He heard their prayers. He answered their prayers, but he sent a leanness, which literally means a wasting disease. Listen, there's a time to boast, and there's a time to praise. And a lot of times, it's right when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's not always after the victory, because after the victory, then we, it's so easy to forget about it. It's so easy to forget what God's done. But before the victory comes, when we begin to stir up that expectancy, then we begin to create a breeding ground for miracles. And then when the miracle happens, we feel like we've contributed because we've put in our efforts there. And then we don't forget it so quick. What usually happens many times is people don't get their way and they start getting mad at God. As soon as things get hard, as soon as things get tough, as soon as their prayers go answered, they just get frustrated and disappointed. But I'm telling you that God has given us the key to breakthrough, and a big key to that breakthrough is halal praise. Come on, say amen. Amen, amen. Everybody say yada. Come on, say yada. Come on, one more time, say yada. This is the second Hebrew word for praise, and this is the last one we're going to talk about today. And yada, like Pastor Jared was saying, when we read it in our English translation, it's just translated praise. So you would see halal as praise, and you would see yada as praise, and if you didn't study it out, you wouldn't know the difference, but they actually mean two different things. And yada means this. It means to praise with the extended hand or to throw out the hands. So Yadah means to worship God with extended hands. So please understand that this is what Scripture teaches us to do. This isn't something that our church decided that we thought was was cool to us and we thought it was hip, so we decided to, to do it. It's something that we literally learned from the Word of God. You see, lifting up our hands to God is a natural extension of our heart. It's a natural extension of our heart and God to worship, but just... As you saw in the video earlier, as us as fans, when we experience the greatness of something, naturally, yada happens. You saw it. You saw tens of thousands of people, they experience the greatness of something, this walk-off, two-run homer to send the team to the World Series, and immediately everybody' hand went up like this, right? Nobody had to tell, instruct them, okay, a little service announcement for all you Astros fans. At some point in the game, and have a little thing going, when you see the home run, this is what you do. Arms going up in the air and waving them like you just don't care. That, that didn't happen. Nobody had to tell them to do that, right? But what happened along the way is in the church, we told them not to do that. We said, you can't do that, that this isn't proper, that this is, we actually put a lid over it. And, and what we're saying is, no, it's natural. It's okay for you to do that at the Astros game because God created that in you, Okay. And it's especially okay for you to do that when you're experiencing the greatness of God 
It's okay for you to throw your hands up in excitement. The lifting of hands to God is a natural extension of our heart to worship to God. The word yada is found 114 times in Scripture. Psalms 111 says this, I will yada the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Psalms 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be Yada. So praise him with the lifting of hands. That's how you're thankful to him. And bless his holy name. Psalm 61. So I will sing Yada to your name. I will praise him with I will sing with my hands lifted up to your name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Uh, Psalms 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I helped him. Therefore, my heart greatly now rejoices, and with my song, I will yada him. The psalmist clearly instructs God's people to lift their hands in praise and worship. You may say, Pastor Kevin, well, you know, clearly this is, this is old covenant. That's old covenant scripture that you're reading. Correct. That's right. You've been listening this year. Well, what does people do in the new covenant? Well, you, it's, we're instructed in the new covenant as well. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. See, Yadah worship or lifting up hands in worship is a response to what God is doing in the moment. Yadah praise is something that we read King David learned to do that he used. And, and it really, this just dovetails into what we just came out of when we're talking about overcoming our emotions in the last series. And we're talking about when you're down, when you have these negative emotions of discouragement and you have these negative emotions of anxiety that start to come in. How do you overcome them? Well, he would do it through Yadah worship. Let me ask you this morning. Have you ever been discouraged this uh, before? Have you ever had anxiety before? Well, what David would do is he would combat that. He would speak to his soul and he would start to Yadah praise because he would be down. Everybody say down. He would be down, but the way he would combat that was by lifting his spirit up, by lifting his hands up. And guys, it's real easy to do when you see yourself feeling down. You speak to your soul like he did in Psalms chapter 42. He says, why are you cast down, oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? He's having a little self-talk. He's looking at the man in the mirror, and he says to his soul, hope in God, for I shall yet yada him. When I'm feeling down, I'm going to lift my hands up for the help of his, and remember what we talked about last week, his countenance. How do you perceive God's face looking at you? Is he looking down on you with this face of just, uh, uh, you know, harshness, or is he looking at you with love? Is he looking at you with mercy and grace? And his grace, his countenance is upon you. Listen, how did David respond to the downcast soul when he felt down? He lifted his hands up to God and praise. Please get this today, church. I pray that you understand that God has given each one of you a ministry. He's given you a method of deliverance, and it's called yada. Everybody say yada. And what does that mean? It means praising God through the lifting of hands. I Listen, I tell you, my mama is who taught me this. Sometimes you can ask, you can ask my family. My, in growing up, my mom was our worship leader. And man, when she started feeling that yada praise, sometimes she kicked her shoes off. <laughs> I mean, those heels came off, Jack. And you knew the hands were about to go up. But a lot of what a lot of people didn't know it was what was going what we were going on at home because we were a, a poor family. You know, I, I remember I didn't realize how poor we were until I started getting old enough to be invited over to people's houses. And then I started to realize that, huh? People have hot water heaters, and they could they could 
go in there and they had hot water. They could all have their own bath. What was normal is my house is we had to go and pour the water and then go warm it up on the stove. And then we poured one bath for my sister while my mom was pouring up, making some more hot water on the stove. And then when it was my turn, I got in the same, her, her water, and she just put a little bit more water in mine. And then my mom's was the next one, and then my dad's was the next one. And I thought that was normal. We lived in a two-bedroom house, and I thought that was normal. I didn't know all the pressure that my mom and dad were going through just trying to get by every week, every week, every week, just to pay the bills. And you know what? My mom would come to church, and she would just start to, man, kick those shoes off, man, start to lift up holy hands, and all of a sudden I would start to see breakthrough in people. Boom, 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 man. She was lifting up holy hands, but people didn't know what she was going through, how she was overcoming. And let me say this last thing about you adopt race. Earlier I said, if somebody was to point a gun at you and they would say what? Put your hands up. Why do they say that? Because putting your hands up is the universal sign of surrender. And I'll, I'll tell you guys this. I'll ask everybody just to stand to your feet. Years and years ago, this has been probably a little over 20 years ago, I was not the man that you know today. I was not. I was really far from this guy. And, and God was working on me. I had just started going to church. And there would be times in the worship service that Lisa and I, we were going to this church that I would be naturally, I would feel these emotions towards God and these emotions of thankfulness, but because of all this junk I had in my life, I, I just felt like I didn't deserve to praise him. And I also had a lot of pride, too. And I wondered what Joe Schmo would think about me if I lifted my hands. Or I had a lot of things going on. We were also going through some issues in our marriage, financially. And... Uh, I would go and they would play this one song. It was called God of Wonders. God of Wonders, beyond our galaxy, you are hope. You are hope. And man, it just, something was stirring. I, I could just feel like, and I would actually see other people. And it was mostly women that was raising their hands, not a lot of men. I just felt like, I really just want to raise my hands. Just, invited to be a youth sponsor to go on this trip and uh, ended up there was this concert and the guy that, that sings that song was there I can't even remember his name uh, but Chris Tomlin he was there and we were out right outside of Midland Texas and we were out in this there was thousands of people and, and uh, around the middle of this field and he was singing that song and I looked up in the stars and they were singing God of wonders beyond our galaxy you are home, you are home. and nobody told me lift up your hands you know stick them up <laughs> Nobody told me that. But in that moment, I lifted up my hands and two things happened. The first thing was it was my natural heart connection. It was my natural showing to God my Yadah praise to Him. I just want to 
You're just great. I just got to do something more than just sing. You're just great. But when I lifted both of my hands, what my heart was saying was, my pride, everything I've been holding on to, and I went to say, you are holy, I love you God, but the moment I lifted my hands, I collapsed to the ground, and I just cried with my hands up, and I didn't care, I didn't care what this person was thinking, what this person was thinking, what that person was thinking. And I'll, I'll just tell you this. It started a journey to where I am now. It started a healing inside of me. There was God did such a work in my heart that night in that stupid field all those people and it just started with the Adah worship just lifting my hand so listen we're about to sing this song and, and before we leave and we go home and we naturally watch our favorite football teams and we naturally halal and we naturally Yadah other things opportunity here at the exchange to halal and to yada the king of kings 